As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to Stars Matter, a recruiting podcast from The Athletic. I'm Mitch Light. Joined by Ari Wasserman. Ari, should we talk soccer recruiting, soccer, or college football recruiting? What do you think? If they took every single five-star athlete in this country in both basketball and football, and those players grew up loving the game of soccer instead of football and basketball, we would undeniably be the best country in soccer without question, right? Like, could you imagine like a soccer game with LeBron and you know some of those guys out there playing soccer, like our best athletes? That's your soccer take of the day. I mean, I don't know. I don't know anything about soccer. I just think like the best athletes in our country play football and basketball. From well, there, there, are, there clearly are far more sports to choose from in the United States than other countries. You know. So, yeah. yeah. So if we like I, I mean, force I them all, that's a hot take. I think that's pretty obvious. Like yeah. if we condensed all of our athletes into that one sport, we would win everything all the time, right? It would be like the dream team for basketball, those worldwide, right? Uh, I don't know if I'd go that far because there's some teams that are really good in soccer, but I know nothing about soccer. You know, but just like imagine, but just imagine LeBron James, like a six foot six dude that weighs 235 pounds and runs a four five forty playing soccer in his prime. Yeah, I mean, I guess he'd be pretty good. Be a good okay. wide receiver. Good. So let's talk. My fault. I started us off with some soccer talk. I knew you'd have some takes. Um, <laughs> but welcome back, everyone. We missed last week. We got a lot of catching up to do. Some major news on the coaching carousel that will impact recruiting, but really everything already impacts recruiting. There's been some quarterback movement in the class of 2023. We got some notable flips. We have trivia. We'll dip into the mailbag. We could start a lot of places, but I think let's start with coaching. Three power five jobs were filled in the past few days. Hugh Freeze to Auburn, Luke Fickle to Wisconsin, Matt Rule to Wisconsin to, to Nebraska. Um, biggest impact from a recruiting standpoint of those three do you think um i'd go hugh freeze to auburn are you gonna add kenny dillingham into arizona state too oh yeah that just i didn't forget him but that happened last week it happened last week i don't know but i would probably say hugh freeze to auburn too because auburn has the highest upside like even in auburn's down years they have dudes right oh yeah so if you get somebody in there that can you know i think we know that hugh freeze will probably be a natural when it comes to using the nil game to his advantage and and the um, 
and the portal and all those things. Like, I think Auburn could be a very relatively quick flip. Like he said it in his news conference, his introductory news conference about how the rules in today's sport um, makes it less daunting to build a program. So if you do it right, you're a good evaluator and you're a hell of a recruiter, which, you know, Hugh Freeze over the course of his career, regardless of what you want to say about him in his personal life has, has been a very good football coach. So, you know, when it comes to impact, uh, or at least immediate impact, I think Auburn would be the place. And and Auburn, too, kept Cadillac Williams on the staff, which I think is huge. Yep. And they're obviously in the South and have a better net or, or wider access to elite-level players. So, uh, But I do think that the Luke Fickle thing is interesting. You know, like I, I honestly was shocked when I saw that happen. Um, what was your take on it? Well, first on, on Freeze, I think the the impact will be not only is he a name coach, but he has a reputation for being a very good offensive coach who has tutored some really good quarterbacks. So I, I think and has will... already beaten Nick Saban multiple times in his career, which is yeah. at Auburn paramount. So I think he will attract very good offensive players. Um, they have some quarterback needs to address. I'm sure they'll they'll go to the portal right now. Um, you know, like does he make a run at someone like Christopher Vizzini, uh, Vizina from the Birmingham, who's committed to Clemson, seems very secure with Clemson. I'm not starting any rumors here, but the, does he go after one of these 23 kids who who's committed somewhere in Alabama? He, yeah, or does he just yeah. say, you know what, we got to go to the portal. We need. Well, I'm assuming fix. that he'll he'll do his best to sign as many of the players as possible, or to shake the trees to see if anybody you know any apples fall. You know, um, I don't know how realistic it would be to expect that Auburn would flip somebody who's been committed to Clemson for this long. Um, but I know one thing is I'm sure the, the phone call is going to be made. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I, I think that I, I don't know if I'm looking at the Hugh freeze or any of the hires for that matter of which uh, place is going to automatically um, turn their place around like this year in terms of their recruiting rankings is, is more so right it's a lot the first we, full class so it, it's more difficult than ever with the early signing period i mean um, the early signing period is three weeks away from today and it's, it's know, a week they, later than it's been too and it's yeah and it's a week later and i wrote a story that you you know urged me to write a few weeks ago or a few months ago now about how impossible it is to sign a class uh on this little time it's like if lincoln riley didn't like flip his class i mean the Hugh Freeze is going to, you know, I mean, so, uh, but I think Auburn has a lot to be excited about if you can get past everything, you know, yeah. the baggage. As far as fickle, I, I, what I'm interested to see is this, how much does he change the DNA of that program? Like on the surface, it looks like such a good fit in the regard that he's not going to change the DNA that Wisconsin's still going to recruit the same type of kids that they recruited in the past. Um, but I think you've mentioned this on one of your pods or you wrote about it, you know, they, they need to change the sort of the identity of their offense there. Um, they've had no problem getting running backs. They have not gotten quality wide receivers. They have not gotten, well, they signed Graham Mertz, who was a highly ranked quarterback, but he did, did not pan out. So I'm interested to see what, you know, they do from a staff standpoint, but Cincinnati outkicked its coverage and recruiting recently. And it was be, not just because they were heading to the big 12. That was before, that move was announced that they were recruiting like a power five school, not an elite power five school, but at like middle of the road power five school for the past five years. So I, I see no reason why he can't, uh, why that won't translate to Wisconsin. What have they been in the 20 to 25? They've actually 40 only range? signed one top 25 class in the history of the program. Right. So they've been in that 35 is, to 40 range. He'll probably be in that. Don't you think like 15 to 30 range at Wisconsin? Yeah, but Did, I, I think that the more so than what we think the ranking will be. I think when you say the DNA of the program, what does that mean to you? 
does that mean like being a run first Wisconsin bred offensive line type program? Cause I still think that you can have that same DNA or maintain that DNA update the offense into the 2022 20, year that we're in and still pound teams, you know, like Luke fickle was a part of building the Ohio state program under urban Meyer in the beginning years before he left to Cincinnati. And if you go back and look at the spread that Ohio state ran between 2014 and, you know, 18 or whatever, before, you know, things started going towards the pass first was uh, a smash mouth, run the ball down your throat team. Like I can't tell you how many games I covered over the years of Ohio state grounding, grinding out wins on the ground, you know? So the thing that I think will be most interesting about fickle and again, maybe more general than what he's going to accomplish right now in this cycle is, Will he be able to attract offensive skill talent at a, at a more higher rate? Like, you know, Graham Mertz was supposed to go to Wisconsin and be the, the person that kind of brought them into the future. And obviously that hasn't worked out. It doesn't look like it's going to. But will a quarterback um, that can run a spread offense and be a perfect complement in a, in a run-first offense out of the spread come to Wisconsin, whether it be through the portal or, or, or through high school recruiting? Will a number one receiver – who is a top 150 player think Wisconsin is a, a doable place. Cause like to me, Wisconsin's always had a very good defense and they've always ran the ball very well. But the thing that's always lacked when they get to the end of the road, when, when they've had their better teams is facing a team like Ohio state in the big 10 championship game, and just not being able to keep up athlete wise. Like can Luke fickle raise the bar of the median type of athlete at the skill positions. And if he can, um, I think that Wisconsin has a really good shot of being a, a very, very good football team, even better than maybe their peak was before. Um, yeah, and one thing it's, too about it's unquestionable, Mitch, that they're a more attractive place immediately for skill position players than they were a year ago. Yeah, and, and like we keep talking about Graham Mertz because he was like it was an aberration that they signed this top level quarterback. Like if they, if you can sign a top one hundred and fifty quarterback every year, then you're not putting all your eggs in that one basket. Like it hasn't panned out for Graham Mertz and they really had no fallback option but if you if like the, the the really good recruiting schools are signing good good quarterbacks every year at least one and it's not just oh we hope that guy works out because if that guy doesn't work out then maybe you got a, a redshirt freshman to turn to uh but like what if they just get a guy like Des Ritter you know like I went and I looked back at his uh recruiting profile and I think that he was hired or that he was on the roster before Fickle showed up so I'm not going to give him credit for identifying. Well, Evan Prater him. was, uh, who's probably yeah. the quarterback next year. He was one of the highest ranked recruits. Yeah, wasn't he like a top 200 player? Or top, top 250, I think. A, yeah. I think he's from Cincinnati. Um, so, but like, if know. they can get like a a, a person with a, a strong arm, but some semblance of playmaking ability, like when's the last time Wisconsin had a quarterback that could make a play on his own? Was it Russell Wilson? I mean, like, are we going to go back that far? I think I think so. Um, so I think that there's a lot to be excited about because I remember a few years ago on Twitter, I said, when is Wisconsin offense going to, to come back in and, and catch up with the rest of the sport? And a lot of people, including people who work with us were like, oh, you're an idiot. They're Wisconsin and they're consistently successful because they run a system and they know exactly who they are and they recruit to that system. That's, like, that's I, great. And I that bought into until that. It doesn't work, like, but then now I, it's not working. Right. Right. So it, it doesn't work. Is there a way that you can take the best parts of that? the in-state Wisconsin offensive linemen that turn out to be amazing left tackles um, and still develop those guys and still take those guys, but also add a, se a separate element to your recruiting strategy and the way that you attack players at, you know, the corners and the receivers and the running backs, which have never been a problem there. 
And of course, the most important thing, the quarterback and get yourself a top tier offense that has, you know, skill position talent that's able to uh, compete at the highest level. And I think the answer to that question is yes. And I think too, that Wisconsin absolutely can still be Wisconsin, even if it looks different, you don't have to run out of the eye to be a smash mouth football team. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's move on some other openings. Arizona state. You mentioned Kenny Dillingham. You wrote the column a couple months ago, um, not predicting he would get the job, just saying, here's a guy that, that they should look at. That would be a really good fit there. And, and at the time, you know, I thought it was a little bit of a reach because of his age and all that, but it, it makes a lot of sense. And I love his press conference. I mean, you don't judge a coach by his press conference, but I think a little Kenny, Wahoo Owls shout out there. Yeah. Local I, saw that. Joint. I know you got excited. Um, yeah. I mean, he I gets think, it. Right coach at the right time at the right school for him. And, you know, no, there's clearly no guarantees in this business when it comes to coaching. We've we've learned that. But I'm excited. But you admit, Mitch, when I said I want to write this column, you're like, eh. You, you probably were thinking to yourself, even if you were supportive, like you always are, and I appreciate it. Like, are we really going to – this doesn't make any sense. This is stupid, right? Like, or the, yeah. he's too young. He's not going to get hired. And then, like, they actually did it. So, like, maybe I'm not nuts. No. No, you're not. And I, like, I don't care. I have no dog in the hunt. Uh, but I'm excited to see what Arizona State can do. And I know you went to the University of Arizona and it's their rival, but not that you really care. Um, but I agree that Arizona State is one of those schools. I hate the, the term sleeping giant. We, we use too much, but Arizona State should be better at football than it is. The talent Absolutely. in that state is it is not just underrated. It's really, really good um, depth of power five signees in that league in that state. He doesn't need to he doesn't need to put a fence around. He just needs to like keep some of them from leaving like they all leave now yeah well that's the thing too it's like when you say sleeping giant i think that people immediately take that statement and think national titles national right, no. titles national titles and it's like i do think that arizona state theoretically could win a national championship one day but they shouldn't be one of the worst teams in the power five like well, they haven't been one of the worst let's be okay they are they, they are middle of the pack right yeah well this year i mean yeah, all their wounds are self-inflicted. From the I past mean, all I'm years. saying is, is there's no reason why any year any team at Arizona State should be one of the worst teams in the Power Five. Correct. Okay, and like the program hasn't been one of the worst, but I think if you start adding in extra metrics like off the field grab ass, rule breaking, and general dysfunction, they're probably leading the way here too. So you know, to me, it's like to get somebody in there that a you can give time to because we wrote a column uh, about Michigan State on on Wednesday about the uh, concept of patience and forced patience with it. But like, if you can give this guy time to grow up into the, in the position too, you know, he has got contacts with people with NIL. He understands that people want to live in Scottsdale. You've been there. It's a wonderful place to live. That's where I grew up. There's a lot of money there. There's a lot of businesses there. And like, not just using NIL to like give people fake or I mean, quick, paychecks just to come there, but also setting them up with business people and creating relationships that could potentially, you know, be the foundation of future employment. If football doesn't work out and putting yourself in a position to live in a place that people try to retire in, like to understand that you have a zoom phone call that's already scheduled with every single high school coach in the state of Arizona to attack all those places. Like, um, you know, like there's no tomorrow because even if they choose to go out of state, they might want to come back after a year when they go somewhere else because the transfer portal is so prevalent right now. And the second part is nobody has any thoughts that Keely Ringo is all of a sudden going to go to Arizona State now or that B. John Robinson's not going to go to Texas over Arizona State. Like this is a building process. You have to start by being a regular 
found, uh, fixture in these high school hallways. You got to take the three stars. You got to do it, it's a slow burn. But if you get somebody who understands the foundational piece of it, what Arizona State is and what it can be, then you have something you're building toward. Like with me, I think Arizona State has constantly just been, you know, hiring, you know, people who aren't even qualified for the job because they've got recognizable names. It's like Arizona did it with Kevin Sumlin. Herm Edwards was it. They finally got somebody who doesn't have a name, who most people probably haven't even heard of, who actually understands the culture and the plan and wants to execute something. It's like at least for the first time, you know, this might not work. Maybe I'll be wrong. I've been wrong a ton. But at least they're, they're trying something that's actually like a legitimate plan instead of these like alternate, you know, coach speak. I was on ESPN. This bull crap. It's not going to work. So I'm excited for them. I think they actually have a chance, especially with the proximity to California. They could have a presence in Texas. This guy's coached at Florida State, Memphis, and, and Oregon. He's been everywhere. Um, you know, I'm very curious to see how it all pans out. I think they actually have something they can they can, you know, cling to and hope to. A couple more coaches want to hit on quickly. I don't think there's that much to say about Matt Rule. I think we, we probably both agree just a really solid hire, a good coach. He's talked a lot about going into Texas where he, you know, obviously coached at, at Baylor and had success there. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. He's built programs two years in a row. So any thoughts on rule other than just good coach? Yeah, well, that's the thing about Nebraska. It's like, um, so what do we think the, the problem with Nebraska is? Because it's like been development have, and retention. So like, so like we think that they've done a very good job or at least as good of a job as probably possible right now, at least acquiring the talent, right? Yes. Like they've consistent had top 25 cons- classes. Consistent top 25 classes. So when you think about the idea of which coach is going to have the biggest impact on um, on recruiting, like I don't know if rule – he doesn't is, need to have an impact on recruiting. Yeah, he just I needs think to get he the might right, have the biggest right, impact on the program. Right. Um, if you bring in the same – if you bring over – and obviously there's fit in bringing in the right guys, but if you bring in the same – over the next four years, if he brings in the same amount of talent as Scott Frost did, especially hearing some of the things after the fact about Frost's management and all that, you know, we, there's there's no doubt that they're going to be more successful than, than they were in the previous four years. Yeah, it's like I also, you know – Everybody like looks at me like, oh, the stars matter guy, the stars matter guy. But it's like I also don't discount or if I have in the past, I'm sorry. But like the importance of culture and development in a program is obviously paramount. Um, And if Nebraska has been signing top 25 classes and losing guys and, you know, just kind of, you know, walking through the sunshine and nothing really happening there to get somebody in there that has proven that he can build multiple programs in, in, you know, Philadelphia and in Waco, Texas. Like you have a program builder there. And I think that's a very encouraging thing. No, uh, you know, 
gimmicks as it pertains to did you find somebody who is a Nebraska Cornhusker or played quarterback there? And I'm not trying to disparage Scott Frost, but my opinion is your number one qualification, you know, I'm not just talking about Nebraska, I'm just talking in general, is because you're an alum of that school. Because Scott Frost obviously had an undefeated season at UCF and was one of the most sought after coaching candidates. So I'm not saying it's him, but this like need to go get an alum or somebody who gets your place is wrong to me. You need to go get a qualified coach. Can you just say that about Kenny Dillingham, though? What? That he gets the place? Yeah, sure. But that's, uh, but like, I'm talking about like when when you uh, are looking at like the traditions and all that stuff and like what it means to play there and the black shirts and all. It's like, you know, having somebody who understands the plan, absolutely, especially at a place that's never come out of it. But like Nebraska needs to go get a coach that can keep his roster together first. Yeah. Like where he played isn't, you know, one of those things. So, um, you know, I, I know you, it does kind of seem like what I just said doesn't make much sense, and maybe it doesn't. I don't know, but I just think uh, he's a good coach, and he's proven it, and he's developed in in talent. Talent has not been the problem there; it's just retaining. Yeah, yeah, but I think that like was Scott Frost unequivocally a good coach when Nebraska hired him. He was a very good candidate who had great success in a short amount of time. Um, obviously, results matter, so he you call him a good coach. It just he was not a good coach at Nebraska. He just did not do a good job. Clearly. Because they weren't just mediocre; they were bad. There's a difference between putzing around and going six and six, seven and five, eight and four, five and seven. They were bad every year. Yep. So yeah, I right. also feel like every program is different than what they need. Like maybe Arizona State's number one need is finding somebody who understands them. Because when's the last time they've had a coach that does? Yeah, no, I think I think Kenny Dillingham was a great hire for Arizona like, State, and Matt Rule's a great hire for Nebraska. And those I two guys could be hires. more. They couldn't be more different. And like, I think there's another overarching discussion too that we have to have. And we did in the mailbag a little bit, but it's like the level of talent of coaching in the big 10 now. Good off the charts. Yeah. I, I think uh, Cam Cameron Teague, um, our Ohio state writer in a mailbag, it's going to be published uh, Thursday made this point was that once the big 10, once the, the two pack 12 teams join, they'll have assuming there's no more turnover, 11 coaches in that league will have coached in either BCS bowl or, or a new year six bowl. Um, like including Luke, uh, you know, PJ Fleck, who did it at Western Michigan. So, all right, Trent Delfer to UAB, just an interesting hire because of his name. He has deep ties in the quarterback, the Elite 11. I think he will obviously, and he did a great job here in Nashville at Lipscomb Academy. And you live in, you live in Nashville. Just tell people what he's been up to. Cause I don't think a lot of people know. Yeah. He's been, he kind of came out of nowhere to become the head coach at Lipscomb Academy. Didn't live in Nashville. Uh, a school that has some decent tradition but had struggled, instantly got them good state championship contender. Um, his daughter plays volleyball at Lipscomb University. That was the connection there. Uh, but he had sort of import. He imported some quarterbacks. Um, Hank Brown, as quarterback this year, moved to Nashville and, and signed with Liberty. Um, so he's a guy that's going to UAB. I'm sure he will tap into that Elite 11 circuit, whatever you want to call it, and, and attract – really good quarterback talent. He, uh, yeah, I think he will do well. I know there's been some criticism of the hire outside the box, but I mean, I, I think he'll recruit well. I think probably for UAB, it was a good hire. What do you think? I mean, I went to Lipscomb and hung out with the guy for an yeah. hour. Um, and he's a really passionate guy. And I've been seeing on Twitter, a lot of this passionate versus passionate coach versus like in the weeds, X's and O's coach. So like, if you have Trent Dilfer as a CEO type figure, who makes good coordinator hires and becomes a face of a program that can acquire talent at a better rate than I think it's a good hire. You know what I mean? 
But anytime you're getting somebody who doesn't have any coaching experience at the college level, that's always a risk, right. especially to go from high school head coach to sure. college head coach. The track I don't record's know how, not great. The how, track but he won a championship at Lipscomb, didn't he? Uh, yeah, or competed for them. I mean, there's no doubt he, he, he did a good job there. And he's not the most well-liked, to be frankly, in Nashville. He rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Um, the way they got so good so quickly is a big private school culture of high school football in Nashville. No need to get into it here. Um, but no but doubt it's probably it. very similar to what everybody thinks about private schools everywhere. Yeah, but just go go to 247, the, 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 the database, and look how many prospects are coming out of Lipscomb Academy in the past. And the class is probably from 2021 through 2024. None of them. Then look at the previous four or five years, and I don't know. The, the numbers are a lot and not many before that. So just notable name there. Um, Bounce around a few more things. Then I want to talk about the quarterbacks and kind of update the top 10 and, and the, the top, again, update on how many of the top 100, um, excuse me, prospects are committed. This was noteworthy, especially coming after off the Ohio State Michigan game. And you know more, you wrote about it, I think, in the mailbag. I saw a lot on Twitter. People were making, people who don't really follow recruiting that closely got a kick out of the fact that it was it two kids from Cincinnati were on unofficial visits for Ohio State for the Michigan game and committed to Michigan shortly after and to people who don't really follow recruiting. That was a sign that Michigan's turning the corner, gaining ground. But neither of these kids, I'm sure they're, they're fine players, but had offers to Ohio State. This was not there, – there are many reasons to be concerned about Ohio State football. This was not one of them. Correct? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. You're talking about the two players without Ohio State offers to Michigan, right? So yes. like that – that to me is kind of like salt in the wound, but I don't think it's a symptom of being scared. You know, now the question that I do have is whether or not Michigan is going to be able to recruit the state of Ohio for the players that Ohio State has offered more efficiently now, because I do think that you know there's some testimony here. You know, and and kids want to play for the place that's that's kind of humming right now, and Jim Harbaugh has had an incredible track record of you know developing talent and putting right. them into the NFL and. You know, there's a lot of really good three-star players in the state of Ohio that Ohio State doesn't have room for that are really, really good football players. It's like Ohio State, you know, for the past 10 years has elevated its status as a program as a result of a national recruiting approach. But before that, they were still very good under Jim Trestle when he was a very regional coach. It took a lot of three-star guys out of Ohio, you know, and they, you know, eventually ran into SEC teams at the latter part of his tenure and got their asses kicked, but they were really good football teams. And there are a lot of guys in this state that won't go to Ohio State and will go to Wisconsin and will go to Michigan and will go to Michigan State that will turn out to be very, very good football players. Kentucky. It happens every single year at Kentucky. And, you know, Kentucky has, like, rebuilt itself as, like, a tough out in the SEC on the backs of Ohio talent that Ohio State didn't take. So Yeah, so I, I wasn't trying to, like, <coughs> minimize the importance for Michigan. I just no, no. it's funny because they – it's if just they the, were, the fact that if it there happened. top 100 guys that they're going head to head and, and they were visiting Ohio State, that would be like, holy crap, Harbor. That, 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 but like, I, I am waiting for a holy crap moment from them in the recruiting front. Now, we've gotten two holy crap moments in consecutive years with them and what they've done to Ohio State. Um, my question is, is how do you beat Ohio State last year and make the college football playoff and then have no top 100 players in your class the following year? And if the answer to that question was Jim Harbaugh flirted with the NFL, well, what the hell's he been doing for the last five months since that happened? You know, and yeah. like next now next year, they've got Jaden Davis. Obviously, that's going to be an important recruit, and they can try to get a five-star player into the fold there. My expectation for them is to be in the top five to seven in the recruiting rankings. I would that's say how you take the next step, because I will tell you need, one yeah. thing. 
top 10 class next year. If you like read a lot of the stuff that I've written, uh, you, you edit it. So of course you yeah, read it. I've, There's a lot of stars don't matter energy in there right now. Yeah. A lot of it. And I think that it's very easy to say that, um, you know, uh, very easy to say that in, in the wake of what they've done to Ohio state. But if you want to talk about long-term sustainability, the ability to win a, a, a college football playoff game, which I think they've got a very good shot of right now, especially if they're playing TCU or USC in the first round. If you want to beat Georgia, it's this ain't going to work. I'm just, I'm telling you. And, and people might think, yeah, this guy's an asshole. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Ohio State uh, got its butts kicked. They had a four, 11 five-star recruit advantage. Yes, that's true. They did win the game. I know that. But history of college football has told us time and time again that you cannot win a national championship without a certain level of talent. And if there's ever going to be one, this year is the year because the path to the national championship is so much easier than it usually is. Because like usually you'd have to beat Ohio State, Alabama, and Georgia. Now they might be fortunate enough to get to play US or I mean TCU in the in the first round, which is the least talented team that I think has ever gone to the playoff. Um but they are going, like I say before, and always have said, there will be a boogeyman waiting at the end of the road. That that boogeyman is Georgia, and we'll see. We'll see how how well your talent that's been developed in your three star tight end from Idaho that you're like <laughs> throwing in my face right now, you know, match up against Georgia when they play them. It's the same shit we have that happened last year, and they lost forty nine to three. Was that the score? I don't know the score. It was not a good ball. And game. even if they win the national championship, which would be great, be awesome. You're not going to be what you think you're going to be for 10 years signing classes without top 100 players. But winning a national championship changes everything. Yeah, sure. Like If they win a national championship, it would be the biggest exception to the Stars Matter mantra in the history of the sport. Right, but it's just that that's the ultimate goal is winning a national championship. So if they do it, then it's just like I don't think it matters. But obviously they want to sustain it. Yeah, but- sure. Yeah, yeah. If they win a national championship, then everybody's I – mean, screw yeah. you, are you're a moron. We got a national <laughs> title. Like, Yeah. And, okay. and like own that and enjoy it. I'm just saying, if you want to be an elite level program for 15 straight years, like Ohio State was before this little blip, you can't do it not signing top 100 players in your class. All right. And if you want to have that argument with me, I will. I will. I will freak. Not you, anybody. Yeah. All right. Speaking of a school that thought it had multiple top 100 players in its class last year, I don't know. Did you notice that Sam McCall is no longer on Florida State's roster? And if that name sort of rings a bell, it does ring a bell? Yeah. He was a top 50. I think it was a five-star at one point, but he was a top 50 signee for Florida State in 2022. So at this point last year, we were talking about Mike Norvell's class having two five-stars or two fringe five-stars, Sam McCall, and then Travis Hunter, obviously the number one player in the country. Travis Hunter obviously goes to Jackson State, most stunning recruiting development maybe ever, and Sam McCall's no longer on the team. This isn't a shot at Florida State. They had a great season. What are they, nine and three? Progress, it just tells you that Sometimes things don't work out. They had two top 50 guys in their class, and, and neither of them are there right now. You know, the hardest part is getting the guys, and yep. second hardest thing is keeping them, you know. Exactly. And like Mike Norvell deserves a lot of credit for the the program that he's, you know, put on the field this year, and I think he's done a very good job in the transfer portal too. Like, everybody views Lane Kiffin as the portal king, but, like, Mike, Mike Norvell's done a hell of a job. You Definitely. Know? Definitely. Uh, but- I thought Jordan Travis, who actually – we don't consider him a transfer, although he transferred from Louisville, but like he's been there for a few years. I thought he was in the most improved quarterback in the country this year. Yeah, he was really fun to watch, too. Um, yeah. And the thing that you want to see out of Florida State, if you're a fan, is, you know, steps in the right direction to getting back to being very good. Um, So it's really tough because I don't think Florida State's quite doing it in the recruiting trail in the state of Florida. 
I think they're in a distant third between Florida and Florida or in Miami and the three team race from the sunshine state. But here's the thing that I'm most curious about Mitch is how much the recruiting rankings out of high school are going to matter in five years. Right. Like, I don't know if we're, we're going to get to reassess our, our, yeah, we're going to have to reassess jobs in the pod and yeah, we're going to have to reassess how we view the how rankings we rely and how, how we much lean percentages. Yeah. yeah how much because I like right now it's like 85 to 90%. They could be USC and, not sign Caleb Williams and Jordan Addison out of high school and maybe make the playoff with those guys because of the transfer portal. It's like, if that's going to happen every year, then you have to start thinking about ways of re-ranking the, the teams based on transfer, you know, stars and high school stars. So, right. Um, but I wonder, like, I don't know, is there ever going to be a team that wins a national championship or competes at the highest level for five consecutive years when their number one plan is to grab the best players they can out of the portal every year. I, don't, I do not think so. I don't I think, think so either. I so think it's, it's going to be the Alabama be thing. plan. It's the Alabama. It's go get a left tackle. Go get a wide receiver when you need one. I mean, it's not USC's entire team is out of the portal. Yeah, I mean. And maybe that's an extenuating circumstance because the person uh, yeah. that got those players took them from his previous job. But not only, I mean, Travis Dye, who's now hurt, Austin Jones, their backfield. If Jordan Addison and Caleb Williams are not on that team, I think they have four losses right now. Maybe five. Maybe more, but yeah. Yeah. Um, So, All right, some some quarterback movement. Speaking of the portal, it's been two weeks since we last recorded. Brock Glenn flips from Ohio State to Florida State, which not really a shock. Like, he, he was seemingly leaning towards Florida state at some point in his recruiting process, went up to Ohio state and committed there, but Florida state, you know, I, I don't know what, what was involved here. If it was just, Hey, he's, he realized that Florida state has got a good offense. They're turning the corner. They're, they're on route to a nine and three season. There's a much clearer path for playing time at Florida state than there's Ohio state. So he flips there and then immediately like the, the news, like, I found out about two hours before that that Washington that that, that Ohio State was hosting Lincoln Kleinholz, um, a Washington commit kid from South Dakota, on a official visit. I was like, why is this kid who's committed to Washington, who has a great offense, going to Ohio State when they have tons of quarterbacks and they already have a 2023 quarterback? And then Brock Lund flips and is like, okay, this makes sense. Clearly, they knew about it. So just an interesting little dynamic there. And Washington really needs to hold on to this kid. Yeah, it's like I didn't know if. Washington ever thought that Ohio State would be their biggest enemy, but it's kind of turning out that oh, way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, and the thing about Ohio State right now, too, is that I don't know if they are in a position to land an elite-level prospect at the quarterback position in this class because they have a five-star coming in in 24, and they have Devin Brown. and Devin and- Brown, who was a borderline five-star prospect, and Kyle McCord still on the roster. So, yeah. like, I think Ohio State's trying to get a guy that they think they can develop into somebody who's a, who's a contributor. But, um, you know, the, the person that Washington is leaning on to maybe be the leader of their program is the throw in for Ohio state. And that's just kind of how it is for them right now. Right. Um, so that's something to watch. I've talked to Christian Capel, our Washington writer. He no indication if how, how concerned Washington is obviously the kid went to Ohio state. I read some quotes, had some good things to say, like what's there not to like about an official visit to Ohio state. It might've been just, Hey, I want to go on a free trip. I want to watch Michigan, Ohio state play in person. Um, my guess is just a hunch that he ends up signing with Washington. Um, Kenny Menchie, who I believe a couple of weeks ago we talked about, had decommitted from a uh, kid here from Nashville, had decommitted from Pitt. All signs were pointing to Notre Dame, went to Notre Dame, committed to Notre Dame. They got their class of 2023 quarterback. 
you know, I've heard I've never seen him play. I've actually heard really good things about him. Great arm. Um, so good get for Notre Dame. Yep, absolutely. Uh, and anytime you can get somebody this late in the process that's ranked that high, it's a it's a nice win. Yeah, and like their class is legitimately really really good. We have to yes. go back and look. Like, is, is this the best class that Notre Dame's ever had on paper um, uh, in the modern era? Uh, probably, and we're going to get to ranking soon. Here's something we haven't talked about. We won't dive too much into this, but Marcus Stokes, who um, was committed to Penn State for a while, then right after the Elite 11, flipped to Florida and was the only quarterback in that class for a long time until uh, Jaden Rashada flipped from Miami to Florida. He had some things on social media. Um was basically singing a song. He was lyrics. singing a rap song, and he said a racial slur. Yes, and and Florida dropped him. So you, we we can debate whether or not that was fair or not. You've talked to the coach, or you traded messages with the coach. I, I spoke to the coach on the phone. Obviously, he vouched yeah. for the kid, defended the kid. My guess is he'll he'll land somewhere, maybe maybe to G five level. But it's not Nebraska's. Uh, yeah, ne- Nebraska. That was my next point. Some of Nebraska's staffers or new coaches have been following him. So. A um, little bit of a delicate situation there. I hope it works out for the kid. Um, you know, again, just not condoning anything. Singing lyrics is one thing, all that. So we don't. Again, we don't need to get into that. But that it's was just uh, it's a bad mistake and a bad yeah. uh, uh, a bad look for somebody in his position. And yes. uh, I don't think that anybody who saw the video or has met the guy thinks he's a bad person. Right. But there are consequences in our society for doing things that you shouldn't do. And that's unfortunately his. So we'll see how it pans out. And I'd like to talk to him about it. Been trying to do so behind the scenes, got the coach. Uh, Coach was very level-headed about supporting his kid while trying to educate him and all the things that, uh, you know, you would expect in this position. And he's a very good football player. He's at the Elite 11. And I'm sure somebody will find a spot for him. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So updating the top 10, which, uh, we, you know, we, we always refer to the 247 composite. Obviously, you can go look at there. But uh, Alabama, Georgia, Notre Dame, Texas, LSU at 5, Ohio State at 6, Oklahoma at 7, Florida at 8, Miami at 9, Clemson at 10. Ohio State at 6 might jump out to you, but they only have 19 commitments. Their average player rating of 93.54 is second behind Alabama and Georgia. But this is something – we haven't really talked about this. I looked this up um, – so those top 10 classes, Ari, all have average player ratings of 90-plus. Yeah. There are 19 total classes that have an average player rating of 90-plus. Last year, there were only 13 classes. That's a that really have, good stat, Mitch. That, um, so the other, the other nine are Tennessee, Oregon, USC, Penn State, Florida State, Louisville, Texas A&M, Ole Miss, and Michigan State. Um, so that's just something that's kind of a, a 
arbitrary cutoff of, of 90, but you know, that that's a pretty good indication. You, you bring in some, some talent there. So just something, yeah. Something and in watch. 2022, there were two classes that had an average player ranking of more than 95. And, and this we talked year, about this a couple of weeks ago that had the, 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 the top this classes this year aren't quite as good. Although those could go up because there's still some five stars like if Alabama signs, James Smith, you know, yeah. the, that could, I don't know if could, that would get him over 95, but nobody's even into the 94s yet. Yeah. So I think that there's an indication that we're, for lack of a better term, uh, flattening the curve of this. And I'm excited to analyze the numbers in two and a half weeks when the early signing period happens to see if there's been any progress made there. Yeah. Um, but it does seem like there's a nice little disbursement of of new talent, and I don't think it should be a surprise considering the fact that there's good coaches at new spots everywhere. Yep. Update the top 100. 85 of the top 100 prospects are committed. Alabama has 11. Georgia has seven. Miami and Texas both have six. Oklahoma, Clemson, Notre Dame, A&M, and Ohio State have five. USC, Florida, LSU, and Tennessee have four. Penn State has three. Florida State, Louisville, and Oregon have two, and then several others have one. Did you see, uh, speaking of one of the schools with one, Caden Proctor, five-star offensive lineman from Des Moines, was out at Oregon on an official visit. That's something to watch there. I'm sure that's not uh, great news for – Give me an N. Why? Give me an N. N? Give me an I. I. Give me an L. Are we talking soccer again? Nil? What's that smell? N-I-L. Nil. (laughs) <laughs> we got some goals racking up in this World Cup right now, and I'm, I'm dying watching this. I think I, I should. Why are they scoring all of a sudden? I should publish our text thread during the U.S. soccer game. Just two American idiots talking about soccer. It was pretty amusing. Bet the under. Yeah. All right. One class I just mentioned, Louisville. Certainly. Can they hold? Looks like they're holding it together, Ari. They are. Well, so I mean, here it certainly helps that Scott Satterfield had a pretty yes. Pretty nice were, little ending to their season there. They're a pretty good football team at the end of the year. Yeah, they lost to Kentucky in the rivalry game, but they, they played well. So their class rank is 19, 15 commitments, eight blue chippers, and two top 100 guys. Yeah. Uh, average player rating is 90.34, second in the ACC. Last year, their average player rating was 86.36. So that's all. That's a Dramatic huge, jump. Dramatic. So here here's some good stats for you. Okay, 19 commit, 15 commits, five from California, five from Florida, Three from Georgia, none from Kentucky. They've got a Texas in there too, don't they? Yeah, I just didn't say them all. Um, one, I, well, listen, I'm not done. One from Kentucky in 2022, zero from Kentucky in 2021, two in 2020, one in 2019. So they've had one signee from the state of Kentucky in the last three classes. I could look this up. My, I would almost guarantee that no P5 school has done quote unquote worse yeah. in their own state. And I hate I hesitate to use the word worse because they got a top twenty class this year, but no P five school has I had- wonder what the highest rated class in the history of recruiting has been. And we could look this up for a power five school that didn't sign a player in its own state. I I don't think there's many that do. Like Yeah, no, I'm saying I don't even know if you could figure this out, but this has to be the record. Like I would say some of the academic schools like Vanderbilt, Duke, Wake, and Northwest like Stanford obviously wouldn't be that because they're not they're gonna not not sign a kid from California. That's like impossible to do. So I mean, I can't imagine Duke not signing a North Carolina I just can't imagine P five schools not signing a single like maybe West Virginia. Because you know that Louisville is 15th so all you'd have to do is go look at every class that you can come up with in the top yeah. 15 the last 20 years to see if i'd like to know if there are how many others there are too but like may, maybe west virginia i think that could be a candidate yeah i just don't know if west virginia has ever signed a top 15 class before yeah 
No, so I'm saying other candidates to be just West Virginia would be a good candidate because there aren't any players in their state. Right. right. But there are players in Kentucky. So like, I don't know. Like, are there any power five schools in the Dakotas anywhere? No. Clearly. There's not, one, there's not one in Idaho, or else that kid would have gone the to worst, Idaho. What's the most barren state for talent in high school that has a Power 5 school? West Virginia or Wisconsin, I would think. Kansas? Probably. I mean, Topeka, there's... Kansas, then there's two there. There's two. I don't in- really type out the word Topeka a lot in the recruiting updates we do. <laughs> um, there's, there's two P5s there, too, so that's... Uh... I'm trying to think. Uh, I think Oregon? That, maybe Oregon. And there's two there. Maybe I'll look that up. Unless you want to. No, I'll do no, it. No, you'll do it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Let me know for, how it goes, though. Yeah, I will. Ready for the player of the week? Yes. Keaton Mitchell. Do you know where he plays? Uh, it sounds very familiar. Running back for East Carolina. Oh, yeah. we Didn't we do him already? No. We did do from UAB. Okay. He lead, leads the nation in yards per carry at 7.4 among players with 1,000 rushing yards. Um, rushed for 222 and three scores in their win over Temple. He was ranked 1817 in the class of 2020 from Eagles Landing Christian Academy in McDonough, Georgia. That's a school that produces a decent amount of talent. He had offers from ECU, Coastal Carolina, Colorado State, and FAU. His dad, Anthony Evans, played for the Ravens, so, you know, Dad's an NFL player, but really, really good running back. Um, and that's kind of the type of kid that ECU needs to get, just going to Georgia and no P5 offers, but can clear. That's the type of player that kid that we see at App State or yeah. you know, a lot of these coastal Carolinas. So, um, Kids jacked. Yeah. No, I, I, I saw it. So here, here's some more flips. Um, we talked Kenny Menchie from Pitt to Notre Dame, Brock Glenn from Ohio State to FSU. This one's interesting. Collins Eckenbaum from Michigan – to Miami. So Michigan beats Ohio State and they lose a top 250 kid to Miami. Um, so he's went to high school in California. I think he might be from Canada. There could be some NIL issues there with, you know, kids from outside the U.S. getting NIL money. But LSU lost two commits. Darren Reed, um, a defensive lineman to Auburn, and Joshua Mickens, a defensive end um, from Indianapolis, decommits from, uh, from uh, LSU after visiting Ohio State. Uh, Anthony Evans decommitted from Oklahoma, wide receiver signed Georgia. Christopher Tarek, offensive lineman, goes from Wisconsin to Notre Dame. And this is noteworthy. Cincinnati lost six commitments in the last week, five since Luke Fickle departed. So Cincinnati loses their coach, losing a lot of commitments, some of their top-end guys too. So that is uh, a little not not great for the old Bearcats. Yeah, well, and to be expected to a certain yes. extent. I'm very curious to see how many of those decommitments are Wisconsin bound. Uh, yeah, that would be interesting to watch. And some of the more notable commitments, Tennessee got Davion Hobbs. This was four-star defensive lineman, top 100 kid from Cotton Curd, North Carolina. Notable Ari because he's the top player in the state of North Carolina, and he's not going to the University of North Carolina or Clemson, which in years past had been the case there. So uh, great get for Tennessee. We've talked a lot about North Carolina just did not being as good of a year in state. That's fine, but this got to close on the guys who are there. Yeah, yep. exactly. Uh, Clemson gets a uh, familiar name, Tamarian Parker, four-star defensive lineman from Phoenix City, Alabama, former Penn State commit. That's the kid that Ari, you've, you often said, it's one thing to get the commitment. 
It's another thing to keep the commitment. And that's it's that's, like the Seinfeld. It's one thing to take the reservation. Exactly. The most important part is to hold the reservation. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, NC State got a nice running back, uh, Kenrick Raphael, a four-star running back, uh, top 400 kid from Naples, Florida. That's my Hebrew name. It is? Raphael? No, I just wanted to say that. Okay. Um, my name is Elias. No, that no, it's, that's Gabe's. It's my son's. My parents Did you just mess that up? No, I, I think my either I'm Elias or my I can't. No, mine's Chaim. I think Chaim. Life. Okay, I'm gonna start yeah. calling you Chaim. Yeah, please, please do. La Chaim. Um, all right, you want, let's go mailbag question or two. Yeah, let's do a mailbag question or two. Okay, and then when then we got trivia. Then we got, um, is it good? You haven't you haven't pumped yourself up this week. What's going on with you? It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I did this one didn't take that much time to look up, so I'm not like uh, I'm not bragging about like all the the, the blood, sweat, and tears. I got a good one this week. Yeah, this is in from uh, a mailbag question from Grace Rayner's mailbag that we'll be publishing Thursday morning. That's right, Grace. We're going to take your your mailbag questions for our benefit now. Yeah, exactly. Um, we've talked about this in the past, maybe not exactly like this in these terms, but we have new listeners every week, Ari. So we, we need to just sh- share our, our 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 thoughts, our our very average thoughts. Which school has the highest recruiting floor, in your opinion, and which school has the lowest ceiling? Highest floor, I would say Georgia, Ohio right. State, and USC, unless Clay Helton's the coach there. What about Texas? I think there's enough competition in the state of Texas that there's I would a lot not of, put There's also that. five times as many players, though. True. Okay, that's fair. I'm just thinking this, thinking it out. What's know? the worst Texas class there's ever been? Even when they suck, they always get top 10 classes. Well... I've got my little database here. So. Yeah, get your database open. Da, 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 you, da, yeah, you, you da, need da, to da, talk. Da. Entertain people. You want to sing the Arizona Fight Song again? No, I've been watching that movie, Pitch Perfect, the clips. Have you seen that movie? I saw you on Instagram. I, I my, my, my daughter is uh, 14 months old, and she is obsessed with the acapella group stuff. My kids make fun of me because I like that. I watch it a lot whenever it's on. Uh, excuse me? <laughs> I think I like that movie. I do, too. The That's music's great. good. Who doesn't like the movie? I don't know, my kids make fun of me for watching. You should it. make fun of your kids for not having a sophisticated enough palate to enjoy its brilliance. <laughs> yeah. um, Palette's not. So I right. have uh, in my database. I back to 2007. Um, they signed in 2017. It was 25. That's their worst class. Okay. And they've got three class, two classes in a row, and 13 and 14 that were top were 2017. So, um, like I went, th- I went through Alabama into that mix. They haven't been relevant since Nam, and they signed top five classes. It's a pretty high floor. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> The lowest ceiling, I would say the uh, the academic schools. Yep. It's just, or it, or maybe of uh, the Power Five, you mean? Yeah, except for Stanford, uh, which has signed. I looked this up. I think seven top twenty-five classes in the last fifteen years. Uh, part of that's being in California. Part of that is just being the most elite of those schools, and they're just naturally going to attract. Stanford's a, few... a better academic institution than the other ones, right? Yes. Um. It is. It is. It is just. It is the most highly regarded, and it's just sort of like that offer from Stanford trumps so many other things, too. It's like just going there is... Uh, what about Syracuse? I, I No, I, I think like I would... I wouldn't... We, we've talked about it. We think Syracuse might be the most difficult job because of recruiting, but I, I think the right coach and uh, just a... Uh, as you would call it, a dog of a recruiter can go into Florida and get kids like they have in the past. We're not talking about... Uh, I guess... We're not talking about what team can like actually be kind of good because they were kind of good this year. Yeah, 
But it's mean from a recruiting standpoint. I know. I think there's enough kids there. that you can get to Syracuse from from Florida and in, in the Mid Atlantic. What on a Greyhound bus? Is there? No, there's flights. Syracuse has yeah, an airport. I know. You ever been there? It just gets snowed out four times a month in the winter. You ever right? been there? I have. I've driven through there. Awesome uh, grocery store. It's called Wegmans, I think. Why have you been to Syracuse? Driving I've through. driven from Columbus, oh, Ohio okay. to New York City a lot in my life. Okay. You don't go through Syracuse, do you? I mean, no I've way just, you go. I also have driven from, from there. Syracuse. <laughs> my best friends live in Boston, too. I've driven okay. to Syracuse a ton. Yeah. Okay. Why are you questioning whether I've been there or not? No, I'm not questioning okay. the route you took to go from New York. I've done a lot of I've done a lot of driving from Columbus, Ohio to East I mean uh to East Coast hubs. Okay. The first my first game is the Vanderbilt at the Sports Center of the Hustler uh was Vanderbilt at Syracuse and Jerry DiNardo's first game um as the head coach. So I flew up there for that game. Um All right. We've got um from Matthew S., we've kind of already talked about this. Matt Rule has already made a few offers in Nebraska. Is it possible to get an early sense of what his recruiting strategy will be? I think just Texas, you know, focus on Texas. I mean, there's not anything you want to add to that? Um, I mean, I think he's got to start by, you know, formulating his plan in Nebraska too because they've had some players in that state and they haven't always gotten them. Um, so it'll be very curious to see if, like, the new staff uh, – in trenches itself with the local players better than the Does he call staff. Zane Flores? I would. I'd call all these guys. Yeah. So any I'm just gonna start the rumor that you're joining Kenny Dillingham's staff. Shit. Any, truth, any truth to that rumor? Argentina just scored. <laughs> <laughs> I saw if I miss unders because of three goals in a single half by one team, my head's gonna explode. I saw you've ever been in the World Cup game? I'm guessing no. Have that has that ever been in America? Yeah, ninety six. I went to the Meadowlands. Yeah, I saw Bulgaria. 96. I think or no, I wasn't. I saw Argentina for someone, and it was a lot of Argentine. Yeah. My Argentinian dad flew there. us from Phoenix, Arizona to upstate New York to watch the World Cup when I was nine. It was awesome. No, he didn't. I know. Do you go? Where did you watch him in Syracuse at the Dome? Where, where did you say it was located in the Meadowlands? Yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah. They flew us into New York City, and we saw the the FIFA World Cup when I was nine. Oh, good. Who won? Brazil. Arizona State. Did Brazil win it? I don't know. You went? You don't remember who won? Okay. No, Argentina won the game I went to. You don't remember who won the World Cup that year? No. Interesting. I I, I don't remember who won won any World Cups. Has Israel ever won one? (laughs) I don't think so. World Cup. Yeah. Okay. Are you Googling who won 94 World Cup? Uh, Yeah. I just want to know who won the World Cup in 1994. Who won? Uh, Brazil, and I nailed it. <laughs> so, you know why? What? You know why? They had uh, their blue chip ratio was 62%, and they had seven five stars. Brazil won it in uh, 94 and 2002. We got France, Germany, Spain, Italy, and Brazil are the last five winners. Okay. U.S. going to win it this year? Uh, there's a lot of Brazil on here. Yeah. They're good at soccer. Uruguay won it in 1930, just so you know. Okay. Good for them. So maybe I did. I think I saw Uruguay versus. Um, like we're sweating right now because we got two and two, and there's 70 minutes in on both. So can we get like through 20 minutes without any grab ass goals here? I'm not sweating. Okay. All right. Let's, Have you been watching soccer the whole time in this podcast? I'm just watching the updates on my computer. Okay. Good. You know um, how you you always accuse me of cheating on the thing. I'm always looking at something like that. Okay. You're always just monitoring a bet. Yeah. Okay. We did during baseball season too. Yeah. Okay. Um, there are 36 five-star prospects in the 247 Sports Composite. 
how, how many, many 36 okay. how many of them are committed to an in-state institution oh my god that's impossible dude i know this is not one where i expected you to know it's one that we can just talk about so. um how many are, how many total are committed i don't know i well that would help me if you want to give me a clue here i don't want to give you a clue and and i i am not going to include the one who is from img there's one young man from img who's not from florida and he's committed to an in-state school. Francis Mauga. Maugoa. I'll say eight. Did you cheat? Is that it right? Yes, exactly. Eight. Nailed it. Good job, buddy. Yeah, when you do not include Francis Maugua. Ma- do, do you know how to pronounce last name? I've never Just keep it. saying it your way. Yeah, Maugua. <laughs> okay. Just I know it's you. not Mauagua. <laughs> <laughs> Maugoa. Okay. Cormani McLean from Lakeland, Florida is committed to Miami. Mm-hmm. Malachi Nelson from Los Alamitos, California, or Los Alamitos High, at least. USC. David Hicks, Katie, Texas to AM. Caden Proctor, Des Moines, Iowa to Iowa. Hakeem Williams from Fort Lauderdale is committed to Florida State. Jaleel Early from Florence, Alabama is committed to Alabama. Tony Mitchell from Alabama. Baster, Alabama is coming to Alabama, although I believe he went to A&M for a visit recently. And your guy, Jonte Cook from DeSoto, Texas, is committed to Texas. Buzzed it. Good job, Ari. I'm proud of you. Now, may you have as much luck on your next bet. Uh, are we done so I can go watch this? Or Yes. I'm sorry to keep you. You know, We haven't done <laughs> okay. it in two weeks. I thought you might be actually be excited. I about was excited. It was a good show. It was fun. Um, a lot happening. And. It's only going to get more ramped up here in the next few weeks. So can I can I tease next week next week's episode? Sure. We are going to uh, bring on Max Olson. We will still talk recruiting, but we're going to talk a lot of portal. Max is our portal king. Yeah, and the portal and is heating up, and we're going to uh, bring Max on to talk portal. It's all one and the same now, right? Yeah. So. Talent acquisition. Ac- acquisition. Yep. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of Stars Matter. I'm off to Vegas uh, tomorrow for oh, yes, the right. uh, big or for the Pac-12 championship game, and we're doing live shows in the Mandalay Bay uh, Sportsbook on uh, Friday and Sunday, I believe. When are you leaving? What time's uh, your flight? It's Five p.m. tomorrow. So you have plenty tomorrow. of time to write your story for Friday. Yeah, but I have a lot of stuff going on, so I might have to write it. Uh, you also Vegas. you're also a writer for the Athletics, so you should write your story. I don't know you have a lot of other stuff. How many on. stories have I written this month? I don't. Do you what know, off you the top from of your head, what have you done for me lately? Do you know how off the top of your head how many I've written? No, I look month? ahead. I don't look in the past. My metric says I have to write eight a month. I'm at twenty two right now. So can you just like, you know, you know what up, you know what tomorrow is? A new month. <laughs> it's December 1st. You got me. Okay. Thanks so much, guys. Uh, appreciate you listening. And, uh, you know, hopefully you're engaged through the college football playoff this weekend. You know, stay tuned to the Andy Staples show. And, you know, we got to get the stars matter numbers up next month when it's recruiting month because we got to show out. So uh, we're going to need you to listen. And, and thanks so much. And we'll catch you guys next week. Mm-hmm.